Hey everyone, welcome back to Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. We're here with the final of our Ramones episodes. Metallica did six Ramones covers. You know, go back through and check out all those episodes. And today we're tackling We're a Happy Family, recorded at a time when they were anything but. Uh, this was a B-side uh, on, on the St. Anger singles. Um, you know, you may have came across this. And just before we get into the song and the guest, follow us at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPodGmail.com if you want to come on the show and discuss something. You know, we're at the W's now, so all the songs are essentially booked up and done and dusted. But if you want to come on and talk about you know a concert when they're in newcastle or rob's choice of surf jerseys or whatever you know i'm, I'm there for that so get in touch with metallicapod.gmail.com patreon is there if you enjoy the show you want to give back to the show all the episodes like this go on there first you can basically download them straight to your phone you get a special rss feed and the compilation episodes and you know when the main alphatalica run is finished as i've said i'm going to start big bumper episodes i'm thinking like two three hour episodes on each member the producers the tournament you know all that sort of stuff i want to go on a real if anyone's into dan carlin i really want to get into my hardcore history do a proper deep dive on uh, you know jason james and everyone else so um yeah follow us on there spotify's there itunes please leave a review as well so today you know it's, it's always best when I'm joined by someone who does a podcast on a band like myself and does a podcast about a band alphabetically like myself. And today I am joined by someone who, you know, has an absolutely fantastic Ramones podcast that stole my idea years ago. But but I'm not bitter because we had a great episode last <laughs> time from Ramones of the Day. Phil, how's it going? Uh, it's good. How are you? I'm, f- I'm very well. Do you are you still because obviously the podcast has ended are you still yeah. in Ram- are you still in Ramones mode? Is that just something that's never going to switch off for you? You listen to them a lot. You know, it's funny. I I thought for a while about halfway through. I don't know how it's going to go for you when you wrap up, but about halfway through, more than halfway through the alphabet, um, we did. I think it was 187 total. So songs. yeah, roughly around. I think Metallica is about 160. So it's kind of a yeah, they're pretty record. close. But I mean, so, I mean you know, majority yeah, a, of your songs a... are like 30 seconds, right? Yeah, yeah, roughly. Um, but still, but we still talked about them for yeah, you know, a long yeah, time. Yeah. So you're playing them over and over and thinking about them. So about halfway through, I wondered if I would step back. And then uh, my co-host Molly and I got to the end, and we were talking about what we were going to do now. And she's like, "Well, now I guess I'll I'll get to listen to the albums in full." Mm-hmm. And and I was like, "Yeah, you're right." And then we looked at each other and we we're like, "That's why we made the right choice." Because if we had gotten sick of it by the end, it would have been miserable. But mm-hmm. by the end, we were like, yeah, I'm going to go back. At-. So, yeah, ever since we've wrapped up, I like I. Yeah, I listen to Leave Home every now and then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I, I guess that's the reason why I did it was because I was going to be into it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to like deride Ramones. Indeed, you know, I quite like Ramones, and they're not exactly. You know, we said before in the last discussion, they're not like one I sense my, a butt. Yeah, not one of my go to bands, but like, <laughs> do you ever. Because, because, you know, to be honest with you, I was trying yeah. to recall all six songs in my head, what the riffs were, and they were kind of blending into one. Like, if you were to have sure. a Ramones shuffle, do you ever listen to something and you feel like it's from the second album, then the lyrics kick in? It's actually from like the tenth or something, because, you know, they definitely have a sound, right? Yeah, they do. And and really that's something that we kind of found too because I think I think everybody like yeah, casual casual idea and really to the Ramones credit, they were after trying to sound the same almost every time. That mm-hmm. if they if Johnny Ramone could have made them sound like uh Rocket to Russia on every album, he probably would have. But just through the sheer fact of 
them knowing their instruments a little better or getting better equipment slash worse equipment and just time passing. Mm. Something we found was like all those albums do have like a sound, a unique sound to them. And maybe it's just the trained ear that, you know, you have to spend so much time listening and looking for things to talk about for 30 minutes on a podcast. But each one kind of does have a style to it. It's like the first one is really, really grimy. And then the second one is like a cleaner grimy. And then the next one is like almost a bouncy pop album. And then the third, the fourth one almost has like a country vibe in there. It's, I get into it forever as I already have, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they're still kind of playing with the same tools and playing with the same moves, a lot of the same moves. And sometimes they borrow from themselves, but each one still kind of ends up being, I don't want to say every single one. Cause there are some that are like, all right guys. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but there, but for the most part it was like, oh yeah, they made like that. That's a unique for them. That's unique. And I mean, in terms of like just guitar bands, like surely yeah. Ramones are like one of the most influential ever. Like, I gotta think so. Yeah. If if no, if for no other reason than just the idea that if you saw them, or apparently if people, you know, like the Clash and the Damned went and saw them, and they're like, "Oh, we could do that," mm-hmm. you know, just just the level of like, you don't need to know solos. You just got to have a beat. Just get up there and just play it. And not that the Ramones were sloppy. They were actually part of what helped their career was that they were pretty regimented. But they were regimented in a very like doable way so that I we kind of we kind of fell on the idea that their their biggest legacy was not, you know, fame and stadium shows it's really the fact that so many other bands after them were like, oh, we could do that. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, you play it loud and you play it fast. Okay, we could do that. So mm-hmm. to that end, yeah, just to break it down and demystify the idea that you don't have to be Jimmy Page to do this thing. It's it's just six strings and, and a magnet. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, and Page himself was into skiffle. Which, you know, yeah, prior right. was another kind of early punk, like, you just need your mom's tea chest or whatever, yeah. and, and, a, and a plucky attitude. And, yeah, you know, you right. Never... And I think we said on the last episode, I remember Kirk being quoted as saying he felt that the Ramones invented downstrokes, and that whole <laughs> yeah, kind, sure. of, kind, of, kind of gnarly way of playing. So, um, this track, We're a Happy Family, which is uh, the, the name of the 2003 tribute that Metallica sort of did 53rd and 3rd for, which I episode did with Danny Santana a long time ago. And the <laughs> other covers from that session, you know, inevitably got into this and they did We're Happy Family. So um, put it in context, like from what I gather, I watch a few live performances, there's a really good performance of Ramones doing it in London, I think in like 1977. And they are excellent. Yeah. And like the crowd are ravenous. Really, really cool video. Um, That's the, uh, that is the, that is what is sort of, kind of commonly known as like their high point okay. it is yeah yeah it is them after like you know after the first three albums which everybody kind of says is like their best three yeah. uh, also metallica's like legend right it was like pretty much yeah the best four. you know it's best four, very yeah. they're very similar in that mm-hmm. way so yeah it's them at that peak and everyone's still kind of getting along and uh yeah that crowd is super into it and and the yeah, it's excellent. That's the one I was just watching when you pinged me saying, like, are you ready? And I'm like, oh, we'll just go like 10 more seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's yeah, New Year's Eve it was, uh, 1977. Yeah, New Year's uh, Eve. Rainbow Theater. 
Uh, and yeah, just guys, check it out. I mean, it's one minute forty nine, but the but the crowd are seriously <laughs> insane. And yeah, you just get to appreciate the the sheer velocity of the band in that context. But um, we are a happy family. The song, mm-hmm. big song for the band, isn't it? Was it mostly a show closer oh, yeah. or towards the end? Uh yeah, it was. It well in that period. The, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. But in that period, it was one of their. It's like their pre. I don't hold me to this, but I I think a lot of albums have it as either the last one or uh, the pre. Um, the sort of penultimate. Uh, what am I thinking of? Yeah, yeah they, they you know they play that and then they go off and they come, the encore, okay, the pre encore. Sure. So yeah, it's a nice way to like uh, somebody had actually pointed out that they kind of did it and Joey would point out to the crowd either with irony or not, saying you know we're all a happy family kind of thing, and then and then they dip out. But yeah, it was it was a big one. They they played it forever. <laughs> they played it everything. Yeah, yeah. And the song itself begins then with the you know the the, the symbol countdown from Lars getting into. And I don't mean this in an insulted way, but it, it kind of done the head of a riff, you know, bam bam bam, and 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 like yeah, it's yeah. A kind of kind of Ramones format that they're returning to, and then then chugging it out. What I really like, however, is when mm. the guitar breaks. Like reminds me a lot of Black Flag. Reminds me a lot of Greg Ginn. Like I'm sure, sure Ramones were a huge influence on his playing and that that whole kind of um, hardcore scene. But um, but but yeah, what, what what do you make of these these opening two riffs that essentially roll throughout the entire song? Yeah, I am. Uh, so back to the guitar influence, right? I what little guitar I've learned, I've probably learned the most by strumming along to Ramones songs. Yeah. So, uh, so that's often where I start playing, and this is one that it, it's it's quote unquote complicated because there's kind of like two sets of riffs to yeah. go around and I always kind of get lost. And I'm like, where's my three or four chords that are always in a square? Um, I think it actually, th- I, I think I said last episode, this is my favorite of the Metallica covers. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's something to that, that even though, and it's, you know, no insult taken, it is there. They are dunderhead, you know, power chord, uh, yeah, in, a, in a good way, but but, 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 it, but they are. Yeah. But this one really serves. I, I can feel Metallica digging into this one in particular for some reason. I don't know. It's just like it's just the right amount of speed. It's not. You know, they're not. It's not thrash metal by any means. Mm-hmm. But it's. But it's definitely like a riff that everybody is like, kind of chugging into. I don't know. There's there's something that I feel everybody's on board for uh, with their version of this. And, you know, it does have that rough and ready garage, you know, slightly crumbly production that works yeah. for it. Certainly very, very sort of street legal idea. Um, some people point to James's vocals on this track as maybe being a slight downside. You know, he does sound to me, to quote the song, like he's been gulping down Thorazines. Um, towards <laughs> yeah, sure. the end, he gets more Hetfieldy that we'll get to. But early on, it's quite, it's quite murky. Maybe compared to, like, say, Commando or Today You Love yeah. Tomorrow the World, which we did the episode on. He's not quite as barking, I suppose, on the out front. No, um, it, I didn't really mind it, though. Oh, I, 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 actually, the only thing that I was missing, and and maybe it's because I, you know, because I know the studio version yeah. well and that live version well, is uh, oftentimes especially in the live version, Dee Dee shouts, me, mom and daddy on top of okay, okay. that part. Uh, so th- that was the only part that, you know, when you do this type of thing where you're like, oh, I'm missing that thing that I usually hear. Um, but I actually like how they kind of picked it up. I don't know which guitar it is, but somebody is playing 
basically the near the end on guitar. We're like, oh, that's a cool way to like mm-hmm. kind of bring that in and just support it around. But no, I like I like I said, I I kind of yeah. am okay with his vocals on this. I'm it felt natural to me. And- I thought he was I thought he was good also at like sort of delivering that weird mix that the Ramones have and is in, in in this song in particular is that it's like it's got this kind of tough guy sound but the lyrics are funny, ironic and a little creepy mm-hmm. and so so like whatever Hetfield's vo- vocals are going with it is like oh that kind of works for this to talk about gobble down thorazines and being all the magazines and yeah. stuff yeah yeah and you know with with all the ramones tracks i love the lyrics love digging into them you know uh <laughs> commando had a great history in 50 fard and fard and yeah the background's always fascinating so this song we're a happy family the hook is you know we're a happy family we're a happy family me mom and dad but essentially what it is is a sort of satirical portrait of 20th century home life <laughs> um yeah. you know so this you know this american family uh dysfunctional where the father is a lying homosexual the mother's addicted to pills the infant has chills um yeah. they're friends with the president and the pope and the family sells dope and all that sort of idea i'm um, like what do you make of it oh sorry go ahead no no just say what would you make of the lyrics ideas of the track yeah i i this is one of those things that that at a like a most ramones a element uh are what make them good because they have they kind of take these weird left turns like i i know enough of myself to know if i were writing a song like this i wouldn't have whatever state of mind it takes to say we're friends with the president and we're Mm -hmm. friends with the pope like everything else is kind of bad you know, it's like they're chugging down Thorazines and they're they don't have no friends, no Christmas cards to send. But yeah. then in the middle of that are like we're friends with the president and we're friends with the Pope. <laughs> and it was like there's just weird enough to be like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And then they're just on to the next thing. Yeah. And like I've always misunderstood it until recently. Uh I thought it for some reason I thought it said they're wearing out the magazines. Right. But it's that it's that they're in all the magazines. Yeah. So like Oh, so some things are good, but then like the baby's sick. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my god, what? And it doesn't, like I say, that's something that I feel like m- myself, and I feel like most people wouldn't do. They would either write the all positive one or the all negative one. And this is just like a little extra thing of like, well, yeah, we got all this going on, but th- we're friends with the president and pope, so I mean, we got that. Oh, but the baby's gonna like keel over so yeah the that's baby's eating flies but they're yeah the baby's eating flies yeah it's a complete contradiction for it. i love it i love the surreal yeah. intensity of it you know this strange situation that just completely yeah undermines this is it. one of the better ones for that 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 weird like you say surreality that uh-huh. kind of cooks through and makes sense to somebody so it makes sense to enough of us i don't know we all kind of buy it and in the, um, you know, I guess you call it the verses or whatever, the sitting here in Queens, eating refried beans, the guitar follows yeah. the melody, which is a real yes. kind of dirty guitar, and it's kind of tracking every syllable, and it gives it this real frantic energy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a real, it feels like that's a real, like, punk 101 yeah. type thing. Definitely. Not, again, not in a bad way, but it like, huh. we're all going to do the same thing here, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like... It is da 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 da. You better be everybody. playing root notes. Like if there's any yeah, sort just... of little fade in between any Paul McCartneyisms, you're out. Like. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no. You, yeah. you, you. Da 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 mm-hmm. da 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 da. And I'll do da 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 da. And together we'll all do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it 
it kind of makes it's one of those things that I often wonder about with with the Ramones or with any band too. But like, it blows me away when there's when there's bands that like the guitarist kind of leaves leaves the melody behind and starts doing something else. Whereas the Ramones are just like, we're the most powerful if we all stay together. Yeah. Just just keep going t- uh-huh. together. Do not step out, of course. And that makes sense to me, but like it's it's not something that happens all the time. That's surprising to me. I now, guess musicians are more musicianal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's a didacticism about that. But like Something. behind the band, there was like an iron discipline, right? The way it was run. I don't know if at yeah. this time, but it became quite a sort of... Uh, no, uh, it yeah. definitely did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, brief, real quick history. At this point, the, well, it'll say this, tie it in. Uh, Metallica covered songs that were all from the earliest era, yeah. the original like T-shirt lineup, right? Joey, Johnny, <laughs> Dee Dee, and Is that Tommy. what it said, the T-shirt lineup? That's great. It, uh, well, that's what I call it. I know. That's <laughs> the one, if yeah. you go to Hot Topic, that's what you're going to oh, get. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shout out to Hot Topic. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I live in the UK. I just know what Hot Topic is from all the slander on music oh, podcasts. Really? Like, yeah, I've never actually seen it, but I just I have such a picture it's, of it. It's it's you can yeah you we totally have similar we have like HMV does so many t-shirts over here. So okay, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Idea, yeah. Um, so so at that point, what I mean to say is those are the original members. So everybody kind of has the same amount of pull, and Tommy, the drummer, who's also producing. Um, he was at that point, probably the most leader ish, um, taking cues from everybody else. But he was the one who was sort of like the, the one adult in the room. Uh, so consequently he had had enough by album three. Um, everybody's driving him crazy. And so he would rather step back and produce. And that's when Marky comes in to be, uh, the next drummer. And at that point, um, that is sort of when Johnny Ramone grabs the reins a little tighter and really asserts the uh, iron fist, if you will, to say, like, this is what we're going to do. This is what songs we're going to play. This is how we're going to play them until we're done. Mm. Like that. That is it. And I, I don't know if that would have been that much different had Tommy stuck around. But that's where, like, that really solidifies in concrete like this is what we're doing, and, and and no one say we're doing anything different. Yeah, I mean that th- that sort of stranglehold seems to take part in so many bands. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, well, like you know, it's Will funny. Cohen. Mm. Yeah, well, and and I mean, obviously, Metallica's had that thing yeah, too. Yeah, and I, I thought I thought it was interesting. You said that like these particular performances of these Ramones covers come at a tumultuous time for the band. How so? I know, like this fed into like the Saint Anchor uh, album and you know bleeding and all that sort of stuff. But I, I understand that interest or that idea to be like, let's just like jam out on some songs that we all know and like, and nobody, nobody wrote, so they can't be upset if we don't play them right. You know, like mm-hmm. there's no, there's less personal stuff. We're just playing some freaking songs. But what do you, as a Metallica fan, take from that? Like, do, do you think that got them to a better place or do you think it was like, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think Metallica seem to, when they're wounded, always want to go back to past patterns. So, you know, we see we saw that subsequently after St. Anger and the reception it got, you know, it was all this talk of going back to the old days and jamming in the room and we get, get Death Metal out 
out of that, which kind of doesn't really feel like an old Metallica album. But um, I think it was kind of similar to, you know, after Cliff died, we got the Garage Days, you know, revisited. Yeah. And this was kind of doing that sort of thing and, and centering the band. And, it, you know, it kind of been like this glass of water that had been spun and he just let the silt settle somewhat. So that's how I feel. And, you know, I feel it was successful for the most part. And I'm sure there was a winking irony with doing a song called We're a Happy Family at this time. <laughs> like, I know it's a big yeah. Ramones song. It's probably a coincidence. But they probably knew what they were doing because, you know, consider that... They had to. Yeah, they were in a really bad, confused place at the time. And James yeah. was newly sober and Bob Rock was on bass and all the St. Anger stuff is going down as well. So, you know, that, that, that kind of makes sense for me for them to okay. orient themselves. And one of the things yeah. I was looking into as well... Mm. Um, I'm quite big into like, like I, I like cartoonists uh, of the past, okay. you know, Robert Crumbs, etc. And um, I, was, I was interested to see that someone I've been aware of for quite a long time, uh, John Holmstrom. The, oh yeah, yeah. Who you know wrote for drew for Punk magazine and loads of other magazines, stuff like that. Um, he did all the inserts for the original Rocket to Russia. Is that right? So yes. basically, all yes. the lyrics for people who aren't aware, I'm sure most people haven't seen these. All the lyrics, such as "We're a Happy Family," uh, come with a drawing beside it, and you can search it on Google. Just search "We're a Happy Family" Robert Holstrom. Yeah. But um, have, do you remember the cartoon that comes with this song? Um, yeah, it's like a stressed out looking family. Yeah, it's like a very demented, right? they all look like Edward Monks, um, you yeah. know, scream. <laughs> so facing you yes. kind of kind of like bog eyed and demonic. And there's a pig sizzling. And there's actually it's quite I just noticed there's a the plate, the mom's plate has a smiley face actually on the plate. And there's like a marijuana plant. And it does look like quite an idyllic family. It doesn't look like the kind of there's no baby eating flies, for example. But obviously, no. there's something about their eyes that's very unsettling. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I think it, it kind of fleshes out the whole dramaturgy of the track yeah yeah it's uh the art is something for that there's something that we talked about a lot too was that one of the big things going back to hot topic is the ramones image this yeah. this idea there was like they're almost a cartoon themselves yeah definitely. like you can without hearing them you can picture them and be like oh like a really tall, weird-looking guy and a shorter, weird-looking guy and a guy behind drums and then an angry guy. Yeah. And they're all wearing leather jackets and they all kind of look like, okay, great. They all have the same and surname, yeah. They all have the same, yeah. It's like, ah, okay. Um, but yeah, that particular album, um, Rockets Russia, yeah, it has, it has, like, they got back to like, okay, it's a black and white cover at the front, but then the back cover is all Holstrom stuff. And uh, yeah, like you say, he's got like a little... Just a little extra detail as though you needed help understanding uh, what the song's about. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, it's just like a little extra fun thing. Like Teenage Lobotomy has a guy literally pulling a brain out of a head. Right, and right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exactly it's exactly what we want. Yeah, his stuff is really cool as well. I need to look more into it. Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I there, really like his work. That, that sort of... That sort of underground, just yeah, like, kind of scratchy, like Greenwich yeah. Village sort of, yeah, yeah. It yeah. looks like it looks like it would have it would either end up on a Ramones cover or like written on the back of your textbook where you weren't supposed to draw totally. stuff, totally. you know, like just something like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this, but oh well. Mm -hmm. And the song, you know, we're Happy family is very, very faithful to the original, of course, as all the Ramones yes. covers are. But James can't stop being fucking James. He has to get some Hetfieldisms at the end. Me and mom and daddy, you know, so have a family. Like he just, what do you think of his vamping on the last bit of the song? I, <laughs> uh, I like it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it didn't go. I, I don't know how Hetfield he got because he didn't have like a, you know, we're a happy family. Yeah. 
Yeah, he didn't, <laughs> there was no he didn't ah, add, to be fair. He didn't yeah. add too many yas that I remember. He didn't. Um, no time. No. You know, <laughs> we're running out of it. We got to get going. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, it's funny. I, the vamping at the end, uh, it's funny you mentioned because in the studio track of the Ramones one, this is one that ends with like this sort of just nonsense gobbledygook noise of it's, I think it's supposed to sound like the apartment that this yeah. quote unquote family is in. And so you just hear people saying like, where are my pills? What's going on? And there's a dog barking and there's sure. echoes and weird stuff. And so I almost, I know they were doing it live, but I was kind of thinking like, I wonder if part of the vamping is him remembering. I was like, Oh yeah. Is there supposed to be like some yeah. sort of BS at the end of this? that I'm supposed to just kind of blather on. And I do wish there would be some sort of James Hetfield, rambling of a family Damn. goofing around about Christmas or whatever they're babbling about in the actual Well, track. I mean, you know, Hetfield himself, Hetfield himself, as what? all the Ramones, you know, came from a pretty turbulent family life. Like, I'm sure right. he, he, he read into this as well. You know, it was yeah. more of a stranglehold of religion rather than addiction that, that ran through that. But, um, but yeah, apparently um, Joey's brother, Mickey, Mickey Lee, mm-hmm. is that right? Yes. He, he, he said that he felt that the fade out on the original kind of represented the various sides of um, his brother's personality. And, you know, we have that sort yeah. of the fake, the fake dialogue there and stuff. And we get a little bit of lead from Kirk as well. Um, and what, what do you make of the rhythm section throughout this? I guess I guess Lars's drums are a bit more pronounced than the bass. Um, yeah, uh, I liked it. Mm. I like I, I like you said before. I like how they're all sort of just channeled into each other. Um, I, and I guess it's just my own thing, being that I'm going to all, the person that I am, the fan that I am. I'm always going to like prefer the Ramones version. So I'm coming at everyone like, what do you got? So I kind of like that someone as capable as Lars Ulrich can just like drill into just be, just be the drum machine, you know, just deliver loud and hard. It was like, it's as, it's as, it's as Lars as a Ramones can get or as Ramones as Lars can get. I can't decide which, um, but it's a, but it, it does that thing we were saying earlier where it's like, we're all just going to do this together and that's what it is. And so, I, yeah, I, I I like it in that it didn't draw too much attention to itself because it's not really supposed to. No, 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 no absolutely. You're not. supposed to get the whole package of the song rather than oh, here's this part. I mean, literally, guys, it's like two minutes. It's like run and gun. Like it's in and out, and they you cram a lot into it. And there's a lot of imagery. Yeah, their version is shorter than the Ramones' original version. That's crazy. Which is remar- It's tw- It's like Weird. I wrote it down. Uh, Metallica's is two twenty three. And the the studio version of of the Ramones is two forty one. So that's with the fade out, but still, I'm yeah. like, oh man, they even went shorter. So um, I was watching some Ramones videos at work yesterday, just to prep, and uh, uh-huh. you know, autoplay happens, and I came across this clip that I thought was fantastic. I'm sure you discussed it on the show, where the uh, Ramones were on uh, Regis and Kathy Lee in 1988. Oh my god, it's the greatest! Oh, it's fantastic! Like I, I, you know, again as a Brit, like Regis for me is when I used to watch. Like um, uh, he was on Who Wants a Millionaire, right? The American version, uh-huh. and I like yeah. Regis actually. He's kind of madcap, like he's got a nice energy to him. But what I mean is, you guys had this cult following the fans. Yeah. Uh, do they let you grow or do they make you stay making the same kind of music they've always made they expect a certain thing from you which you have to give them yeah sometimes change isn't too good you know if you got something good you keep it going you know keep it working did you all grow up together out in queens Uh, i grew up in brooklyn Mm -hmm. new york 
You know, these two quite button-down daytime TV show. It's a, it's a the whole audience is housewives and stuff. It's yeah. a very surreal exchange on par with We're a Happy Family, but they yes. pay each other respect, and it's a really fun watch. No, it's good. It's it's kind of got it's got it all. Yeah. Um, I'm gl- I am really glad you brought that up. I was hoping this sort of was. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Kathy Lee comes off as the one who's like yeah. i don't know if i'm supposed to be here sure sure it's a little snooty um, yeah definitely oh yeah yeah snooty that's right and nobody quite like some of the humor is shared and the other bits of humor are like well there's talk show humor and then yeah. there's sort of like totally out of it ramon's humor and then there's there's my favorite moment is um when I think Regis asked Didi how he's doing, and Didi's just like completely out of it. And he s- says something he's like, "Oh, I'm good. I'm real jolly." Jolly, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "God, who says jolly in the late '80s?" Apparently, he does, and it just seems so strange. And I love it because it's like there's no way this is planned. And I'm sure as soon as they got out there, someone, some producer, Gelman or whoever produces that show, is like. Oh, what do we do? How long does this have to go? This is this is gonna be a nightmare. (laughs) I mean, as an artifact, and like the set is like an old granny's house as well. It's a really weird, like a giant set of like this old manor of like some elderly patriarch. But uh, but yeah, and they quote um, Joey's lyrics as well, and he like laughs like that. That's actually a really like nice exchange. Yeah, yeah, um, it's 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 a good way to see him too it's also got so this is weird like historian type stuff but it's also got that thing where like they show a clip of uh the video for i want to be sedated which was done all in one shot and it's like they sped it up so then all this crazy crap happens right Mm. and then they come back and johnny is like a big cinema guy and he tries to get in the the idea the sort of like i don't know know the artistic idea was like you know it was one shot that we were trying to do something cool meanwhile regis is full regis philbin and like making jokes about how you know it didn't take a lot of work you know you just got to had to sit there and the audience is like laughing with them but it's that it's exactly that moment where you can see like that's why the ramones never made it big (laughs) (laughs) because like no one's ever on the same page (laughs) with them like, oh, we thought this was cool. Yeah, jokes about this for the housewives. I'm like, oh, this is what are we doing here, guys? I have no idea. But yeah, it's a good artifact. It really is. It really is. And uh, just I just played it on YouTube, just mute, just watching a bit of the footage. And the next video, I'm not seeing this on Fox News. The title is Marky Ramone stings a jerkwad. So there we go. Not not <laughs> not a st- jerkwad. Uh, <laughs> Stings a jerkwad. Stings a jerkwad. Look I swear, I've tried to watch that, and and I don't think he says it. It's just like a oh. clickbait title. Oh, really? That one's less good oh, wow. than that. Regis. Okay, okay, that's uh, okay. It needs more Regis, maybe, but uh, but yeah, guys, this is uh, this is weird. Needs more Regis. Oh, always Regis. I mean, he's still working, right? I think so. I think he's, a, he's old. I, I know he's know quite an old I, guy, I, but I, I was surprised. Uh, yeah, I, I was surprised. I was like, I haven't heard about Regis Philbin in a while. He's alive. Like, yeah, he's 88. He's, he's 88 years old. Yeah. Regis, yeah. Um, Shouting at somebody. Yeah. The, I mean, there's one I've just seen now on YouTube, one of these videos, the real reason you don't hear about Regis anymore. So 
Who knows he's what Reeves has done, but I mean, yeah, that's mad that it's 88 and he still kind of looks kind of old, but, you know, still yeah. very, very healthy. But, um, but yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, Regis, there we go. I didn't think he'd get a mention on Alpha Metallica, but... Um, no, he got it right in under the wire. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, let us know what you think of We're a Happy Family. Um, you know, get in touch with me at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Um, any final thoughts on this song, Phil? Um, It's one of the, it's one of, like, the probably top ten biggest ramon songs um and it it's fits right in that wheelhouse of like it's on one of their best albums they played the hell out of it through the rest of their lives um like every ramon so- uh fan knows it by heart um it's great and and so it's cool that somebody like metallica is gonna cover it i mean it it seems not of i can't think of a metallica song that mentions the words happy or family so in that regard, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome to hear him say it. And then they they really this is my favorite one of their covers. So I I really like it. Yeah, I'll prob- probably going with Commando. Ultimately, just for that unbridled yeah. energy. And I, it's up the, it's yeah. up there. I think but, they get they they do a pretty good. I like Commando. Fifty third and third. I feel like is the one that was. It's almost like that should have been the home run, but it just yeah, like yeah. I, I agree, doesn't. and that was the one on the tribute album. Weird. yeah it's weird um that was the one that i was like oh yeah they're gonna do this and it's i don't know what i don't know what didn't quite click for me with that one but whatever was missing was there yeah it shows up in those other two and i did uh i said last time that i should have done and i rectified that with this episode hmm. listen to your episode on your podcast where you've spoken about <laughs> this song uh so obviously again guys uh ramones of the day is out there where phil and his co-host Alpha Metallicized, all of this sort of stuff, and you know, Alpha Metallica. <laughs> well, to be honest, That's... I think we both stole it from like a Beatles one, or people have been I think doing. We did, yeah. This format's been going for yeah, years. Yeah, when did like. you st- when did you start? I started um, sort of early 2017. Okay, I think. So this is a weird question, but David Bowie died in 2017, right? Was it like, was it six? Because I think sixteen was like the worst year ever for rock stars. It was okay, sixteen. Okay. Yeah, he died. He died at the right. start of twenty sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Okay, then then we technically started before you because our show premiered the month that David Bowie died. Damn. That's how I remember it. And I, I don't mean to be a outcast to my listeners or or, or my guests <laughs> here. Never got Bowie. Never really. N- never really been impressed with anything he's done. Never a song of his has never grabbed me. And I've never thought I need to listen to more. I just, I find it a little, I don't know, pretentious space jazz a lot of the time. I can see. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, I know he's great. I'm not trying to convince anyone that he's terrible. It just, you know, people don't like Tom Waits. I adore Tom Waits. I get it. There are certain people you just don't click with, you know? I I agree. I think that, I think that that's, that's exactly it. It's not that, yeah, it's almost like you just don't have enough time. I do it. though. Like, I, I have so much you free do? time, but I just don't. Well, okay. You know. Then it's almost like you don't. It's almost like I think of it this way. It's like your music loving heart has only so much RAM. Yeah. It has only so much space. Uh-huh. So if you have a real passion like Metallica or like Ramones or like Beatles or whoever, yeah. then it that's going to take up a lot of it. And so it's also going to affect your other tastes. So I totally get it. And you know he's he's not hurting it no offense he's not he doesn't need you <laughs> the no. guy's fanship did great um but yeah i i i get it especially i would assume this is like me lumping in uh, metallica fans but i would think like if you're into metallica 
It's like, you're probably not going to be that into, you know, diamond dogs and maybe not. Uh, maybe not. Moon Age Daydream. And, yeah, it's, you know. like, it's like Suffragette City. I actually think that song's kind of meh. Like, it's just a 12 <laughs> bar sort of throwback. Like, I, I don't know. Like, not even Rebel Rebel, though. You should you should listen to Rebel Rebel. I know Rebel. That's I know the all the hits and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm au fait with a lot of the catalogue. And uh, the Berlin period, and I like a lot of the instrumentals from there. And, you know, you know, he, he's definitely a remarkable human being. But, yeah, just not really uh, for me out there. And now I'm trying to, like, think, who, what David Bowie songs do I want Metallica to cover? Wow. Fuck. I feel like it's Rebel Rebel. Um maybe something like i'd love it if they did like a faster version of something like fame you know like one of those <laughs> like sort of sort of proto nine inch nails type songs that he did um no i'm just i've just i've uh, just, like... I just just found something on rolling stone because i just literally okay. just put in metallica david bowie see what's out there and uh, there's an article metallica's kirk hammett pens appreciation for david bowie and it's just a long oh. letter he's wrote about how big a fan he is so that's pretty cool but oh, um okay. But but Makes, yeah, I mean, sure. yeah, 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 guys. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of David Bowie podcasts out there. But but yeah, like what you say, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet there's fuck tons. So you, yeah, you started around when when Bowie passed, and yeah, um, it was just whenever that happened mm-hmm. that it just happened to coincide. But yeah, um, and then we got through it, and, and, <laughs> and then we got through it, and then we're like, oh my god, okay, we did it. And what about um the future podcasting for you um, yeah future future show uh is still ramping up um that is that is uh the fake court show called the people versus the white album oh yes i remember um, you said that before yeah, yeah that's great yeah. where uh a friend of mine a friend of mine and i uh he's a musician and i'm not and we uh trade spots as either judge or lawyer to advocate uh for our album of choice over the white album and and so far it's been pretty fun um trying we we're trying to approach it like almost like if you're a public defender and you get assigned this guy you're like oh my god this guy totally killed him i but i have to give him the case you know so it's like eventually i want to get like assign my friend it was like i want you to make the case for like frampton comes alive or i want you to make (laughs) make the case like we're talking about how Donna Summer has double albums, right? Like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to give her our best argument and find a way to do it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that is still we're like trying to load up enough episodes so then we can drop a bunch mm. um, and not have not have to do the hustle smart um, as much. But uh, well, I hope so. Um, but yeah, that is coming. The People versus the White Album. Um, where justice will be served. Yeah, please let me know when that goes live. I will. And you know, I will. We'll, I'll, I'll spam the links and uh, we'll yep, put that spam. out there. And again, yeah. check out uh, Ramones of the Day. Check out the episodes that they did on this song and all the other Ramones tracks. Um, you know, again, guys, go back through the archive. Check out the episode that we did before uh, about Today You Love, Tomorrow the World and all the other episodes. I mean, this is like episode 150 odd or something like that. You know, we're almost at the end now. It's ridiculous that we're in the W's. So, um, yeah, follow us. Know, at- has your, so I'm, I'm interrupting hmm. your, your your outro here um i'm totally jolly ddying this up but um (laughs) but yeah have you in the span of doing this have you felt uh like different forms of appreciation change as you've gone through the entire catalog this way have you has your opinion changed of you know like oh i thought i was gonna like uh you know Mm. sad but true more or less than i do but you know um has that 
have you felt any of that as you've gone? Yeah, or it's any surprises? A, di- a, a deepening in, in a positive sense, really. Sure. Like, there's been a few songs that I've always kind of not really enjoyed and just kind of have at it when I get to them. But um, but but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it might be different in a in a Bowie sense where the songs are quote unquote deeper, perhaps. But when huh. you're dealing with riffs and solos, like I found that my 14 year old opinion hasn't changed. Like in all these years, <laughs> like I'm still kind of like, yo, okay. this is a badass. Like you know, yeah, some songs maybe less. Like I've definitely gotten harsher and harsher and harsher on Kirk. Like I think when I was younger, oh, he was really? just the guitar hero, and now when I listen to other players, and you know, I'm really into sort of instrumental rock and that idea, and it's just kind of you listen to the later solos, and they're just so lazy like there's just really nothing there and it's just ah. a bit sad okay. so that that's it really there's one song there's one episode sorry where i changed my opinion during the episode because the guest was so uh-huh. good and we had a really good discussion about um the house that jack built which is the third track off load okay which is still a song that i don't really enjoy but we sort of spoke about the production and the idea of like the the, the poly voices in it and stuff like that and it was just kind of opening my ears so that was fun but um but yeah that's i mean cool. you know i uh, like you was saying to you before about listening to ramones a lot i don't necessarily listen to metallica that much just because i listen to them that much you know what i mean so they're not mm-hmm. when i'm kind of listening to stuff out of this it's kind of slightly different albums like have you ever listened to pedro the lion out of um interest no no so i mean he's got a new album out um but he's kind of like from the kind of late 90s this kind of lapsed catholic and it's all over a kind of kind of almost dark power pop um really really good guitar playing really really cool stuff uh so yeah i've been listening to him a lot so kind of a lot of things and antithesis of that but um but yeah guys so as always follow us at metallica pod itunes is there if you enjoy the show give us a review on itunes go check out ramones of the day on itunes as well oh i checked out um elastica we spoke about them last time right yes yeah yeah yes, really cool band um and i feel most of our uk listeners will know the song connection which is the theme tune of trigger happy tv which is a legendary <laughs> are you aware of that show no oh you need to okay go on youtube and just watch the best of because it's it, okay it was kind of like a, a predecessor to all these prank shows now um oh okay so he it was one guy dom jolly and he just do loads of mad stuff so he he do kind of like almost unsuspecting stuff on the public so he'd get like a courier to go in a building in london and the courier be waiting for the elevator and the elevator would ding open and there'd just be a guy being held hostage in there and then it just close <laughs> again and then they just like see what the reaction would be okay. or they'd like um they go outside a, a, a busy train station and on a hill and they just like they do a collection of like 10 grim reapers and you'd only see them for a second as they're like death is the end and stuff you do some really like it was very much like um yoko ono's kind of movement in the 60s huh. exhibitionism where they just throw stuff at the public and see what happens but um it kind of yeah. sounds like it kind of sounds like uh related to jackass too yeah that, yeah like, it's kind of a yeah it's less stunt like they did but yeah they did it i was i no one would ever confuse me as a jackass fan <laughs> exactly but... i'm sure there's a jackass podcast by the way there must be there might be by this point um but there is something about them there was like there is a performance going on here that like there's costume choices and there's there's like there's humor in putting a giant cone on a guy and him just walking around and blocking escalators you know like they're they know something. So this sounds, yeah, I'm going to check that out. Trigger uh-huh. Happy. Trigger that? Happy TV. Yeah, I'll send you Trigger a link. And, um, okay. you know, quite a lot of the characters became, like, huge in the UK. Like, you know, people were chanting all the catchphrases and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm just on YouTube, on Reddit now. It looks like lots of the members of Jackass have been on podcasts. 
Uh, I'm not even like a big Jackass fan, but like it was such a huge show. It would make sense for MTV to do like a Jackass podcast where they just go for each episode or something like that, just because it was so yeah, popular. Right. But I don't know. May- maybe I'll do that after Alpha Metallica, even though I'm not really into Jackass <laughs> that much. But still, you know, me and Bam Margera dropping it up. So um, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> this has been Tom with Phil. Uh, we're happy family. Phil, anything to promote finally? Um, you did it. Congratulations. Mm. No, thank you've you. done it. Thank you. No, I, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Ramones of the day, uh, people versus, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll get you back on. We're, we're kind of out of Ramones songs, but you know, we, 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 we can make something work in the future. I can make sure. up an opinion about Yeah, something. exactly. Exactly. We, we, we can, we can talk about trigger happy TV and jackass. And yeah. Just right. Kind of, kind of put that together. But, um, yeah, guys, thanks as always. We'll be back next week. What do we have coming up on the final things? Uh, we've got all oh, welcome home. Sanitarium is next. Uh, that'll be mm. the next track. And then when a blind man cries, the deep, purple cover where the world things are wherever i may roam whiplash whiskey in a jar and the final alpha metallica episode is you really got me which is when metallica on ray davies cover album me and my friends in 2010 which is an outrageous cover album in terms of some of the guests that are on there um bruce springsteen's on there uh who else is there says metallica there's like um hang on it's called see my friends that's right it's called see my friends uh jackson brown john bon jovi um alex chilton uh, we've got huh. the 88, Billy Corgan, like Mumford and Sons, like, you know, some huge bands on, on, on that wow. record. And it's quite a good cover album, actually. And the Metallica version's a lot of fun. Lola is done. I've got, Ray does all of his hits on there at Kingston, mm. the boys. But, um, yeah, guys, this has been Tom. Phil, thank you again. Thank you.